What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, aka Black Jacks, Jack Jack, G.I. Jackie 17, and Trapper Die Jacks if you know me like that. All right, y'all. We have been through the gender wars in 2023. Lord knows we are tired. And in 2024, we're going to talk more about some of the attempts that we have seen to change gender norms, to bring them into a new reality. So what can we do with everything that we've heard and that we've learned? Ladies, are you going to propose to your men more? Uh, what will we constitute spousal embarrassment versus actual abuse? Uh, when will Chappelle let the marginalized folks live? And fellas, we got to know, is a woman's mindset the most important factor to you when choosing a mate? And what does that mean for the not-so-friendly get-money girlies? So let's take all of these hot buttons and put them to rest and talk about potential solutions and change and really move forward with a gender renaissance. So without further ado, let's get into it. This week, Jack of All Trades takes on the gender renaissance. So we've been through the gender wars and we are tired. And we've witnessed a few attempts here and there to change gender norms over the past few years. So what can we do with everything that we've learned? Uh, Let's take some time and talk through the hottest buttons that have come up and talk about actual potential solutions and changes and how we relate to each other and how we love each other. So I have brought back my two great guests that I had the last Gender Wars conversation with. So let me give them a chance to reintroduce themselves. Go ahead, Jess. Oh, he's so chivalrous on this gender occasion. See? Um, <laughs> I'm Jasmine. Um, I've been on Jackie for 100,000 years. I live in Merla now. Um, just a regular public servant out here trying to do the least amount of harm. Amen. Last time it was 85 years, so I'm glad that we continue <laughs> to know each other for years on years. But exceed our lifetime, yes. And yes, I am Jerry, also here in Maryland, not with Jazz, but because she's a little bit more north than me, but you know, we're in the same state. And if she has known Jackie now a thousand years, then I I guess that's the same as well. It's been been all those years. And of course, you know, check out me and Jackie's uh, production company, J&J Productions. We still gonna have those 10 sexy girl in a yacht party whenever we get that money together on a private island. I don't think uh what's his name that killed himself he won't be using his anymore so i'm pretty sure we can get it for the low so there is something wrong with you <laughs> i have no idea epstein epstein whatever his name is he don't need it no more he don't need that that'd be the best place for that party though oh no what happened it has all the cameras and stuff already 
people are getting abused there. I feel like there's like a ghost to Christmas past feel if you try to use it oh. for like a fucking party. But did anyone die? Probably. We don't know. Shoot. Well, if they didn't die, then we didn't have no ghosts, so we should be oh good. Just get some sage and some Febreze. Lord. I won't be joining that party. I don't know <laughs> if I will either, so happy to have all you right, both we'll find, back. We'll find another place. <laughs> Thank you all for joining again so that we can revisit the gender conversation. There's been so much that's been happening over the past couple of years you know, I recently re-listened to our episode, which was really good. Y'all should check it out. I'm gonna link it. And, you know, some of the things that we talked about, you guys were kind of prophetic and and kind of um, saw some things before they happened. Um, we were talking about Kevin Samuels. He was still around. Um, huh. We were talking about Derek Jackson and a lot of things that were going on from um, a gender relationship standpoint. And then even a lot of conversation around like trans panic, you know, and some things really haven't changed in that space. So, yeah, I would love to revisit the topic, the conversation and talk about some things that, of course, are, are new on the scene and really talk about how we can be solution oriented out here. So... With all of that said, let's kick it off with maybe it's a, a heavy icebreaker, but slash first question. So another podcaster that I really enjoy, um, Rod from The Black Guy Who Tips. Shout out to him and his wife, Karen. They're really good. Um, but Rod said on Twitter or now X, formerly Twitter, uh, he said, OK, it's a new year. No more hypothetical dating scenario arguments, black people. So before we wrapped 2023, you know, we had, of course, a bunch of dating scenario topics and, and things that always came up that caused a lot of chaos and mayhem between the young black men and women out here. Um, one of the, the last ones to happen was a, a young man complaining about a girl not bringing him any lunch and she wasn't willing to spend $20 on him, even though they weren't exclusively dating. Um, there was another with a girl saying that Dave and Buster's was uh, essentially a cheapskate date. So <laughs> which one of the, the stories that you guys may have heard last year around outrageous dating scenarios, which one of them was most outrageous to you? All right, let's see. Where to start? There was like so many, right? 50, well, 50 of them. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I guess the the most, I don't want to say outrageous, but just the one that in my mind I kept hearing about because I haven't really been on social media like that. I mean, I may tweet well or X here and there, whatever you call it now, um, but I just haven't done post. Facebook in like two years. Yeah, just suppose. Yeah, I haven't done Facebook in, in like two years and I never had an Instagram or anything like that. So, um, but even if I'm looking at YouTube or if I'm watching, even it made it to ESPN and all the stuff was the whole Cheesecake Factory thing. Yes. Like that was a big, 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 I guess, moment in our community where even, I mean, people from like Stephen A. Smith to Shannon Sharp to all these different, like, I guess I just do like a lot of podcasts, but not really podcasts because they have the live stream now. From all those shows that I was watching, like that in, in our black community and the culture, that topic seemed to strike the biggest nerve because i mean it sent shockwaves from normal people all the way up to celebrities so i think that was the wild part the whole cheesecake um cheesecake thing 
And I mean, if you can't find something good to eat a cheesecake, then I'm gonna pray for you because the book, the menu is like 85 pages long. There's literally something for everyone at Cheesecake Factory. And a lot of times people say, well, that's a chain, but so is like Mastro's and Del Frisco's Mm -hmm. and these these upscale restaurants and, you know, Ruth Chris, that's a chain. But you'll say, I want to go to this place because it's high end, but don't take them to a chain and that's still a chain restaurant. But I think you have to have the right uh, the right motives or the right mindset anyway, if you're going to date someone and you want to try to date somebody, because if you really care about them, if you really w- want to get to know them, like it shouldn't matter if they spend five hundred dollars or three hundred dollars on the first date. You know, you're literally going to see one. Is this someone I can even vibe with? Is this something that doesn't seem like we have things that that we can come together and even gel and mesh with like outside of whatever? attracted you to them you know whether it's physical or social status or whatever it is but now after we got through the the first layer of bullshit and we're trying to dive a little deeper can i even see myself talking to you next week or liking you the day after tomorrow and that's not something i need to spend three to five hundred dollars to do you can do that in a walk in the park you can do that you know having drinks you can do that listening to, well, not listening to a lot of music, but that's just a vibe, but afterwards, you know, or talking or whatever, whatever works for you. I think people try to make these things into like Bible, like, oh, this is Bible has to be like this and not whatever works for you in that person and works for you in your relationship. That's how you should move. Yep. Cheesecake Factory is nasty. I'm sorry. (laughs) Pray for me. Put me at the top of the list. I do not like Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Nothing at Cheesecake Factory? They got all them options and it's still not good. So I could get that from tra- like Trader Joe's and I don't even eat their kind of food. But yeah, I do I do not like Cheesecake Factory and I will stand 10 toes down with it. Maybe it was just a bad experience. Like I've fish. been so many times because you okay. know why? Black people love Cheesecake Factory. Yes. <laughs> Right, and I good. will not disrupt a group outing on my accord, but on a date, absolutely not. <laughs> We're not going. Well, see, that's a different but, reason. So you you get that one off. You just don't like it. But I also, when I, you know, I don't hang up, hung up dating flat screen, like it's a wrap. But when I was dating, I like nice food. I like nice restaurants. Like, that's my thing. I would usually just say, like, I don't want to go to a chain and let them pick. And I think also too in Baltimore, there's so many great restaurants here that why why would we waste time going on a chain when there's like so many like foods and restaurants we could be trying? And that's like part of what I enjoy anyway. If I'm going out to eat, I want to like have a good meal. Do not take me to Del Frisco. Do not take me to Cheesecake Factory. None of that. Like let's try something fun. And I feel like if you're not willing to step out of that kind of comfort zone, then we ain't gonna work. So let's go ahead and dead this now. Yeah. So I think the Cheesecake Factory story was definitely the biggest and most outrageous one for sure. Um, And maybe something happened way deep back in early 2023 that I forgot about. Oh, well. But I think. No, remember the girl with the oyster? The girl with the oyster. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, That was horrible. The happy hour oysters. And everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't believe she ate 48 oysters. Oysters, let me know. Let me tell y'all something. This big ass. That's light work. That is light work. <laughs> I was like, it's not like she was eating with a milkshake. Like that girl was having a cocktail in a voice. Me, light work. So 
Did I, I want more outrageous? I don't think that was the prize. <laughs> like she had four trays of oysters and then turned around and dogged higher entree and sides and everything else and drinks and was just like, oh, wait, you, you're not going to get none? <laughs> you're not going to have nothing? And I guess was mad when Buddy got up and, and stuck it with the check, but he was like, you going to OD in here. The oysters were on happy hour, so like right. they were nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but I will add that. She wasn't just, I mean. Right, listen, yeah, they were affordable. But the Cheesecake Factory they story were. was outrageous because the young lady tried to set it up as if she was justified in her behavior when she was the one that made them late for reservations at a nicer spot. And I think that's where you have that difference between like, okay, what's really the issue here? But people ran with the fact that it was cheesecake. And then of course people were coming out with lists like, oh, well, these are all the restaurants that you can't take me to. And then there were lists that men were making that were saying, well, these are the types of women you can't date because you can't take them out. And it just kind of, it grew legs, right? And like you said, Jerry, there were people talking about it on all types of platforms that would normally not mention these types of things. So it was definitely the stain on our community from last year. I wasn't mad at Sis with her oysters either because, right, weren't they like 50 cents a piece? Like... (laughs) She was getting I don't know how cheap they were, but you know they were, they were dumb cheap. They were on happy hour, and then after that, every like the restaurant was like packed for weeks. Yes, and I know Cheesecake Factory. Their their stocks have been up with all y'all talking about it, even though the food is beyond mid. So <laughs> I'm starting to think some of these people are plants. They're you know yes. you know how everyone thinks that some people are industry plant. Yes, no, these are like capitalism plants. Yes, like, I don't believe most of this is organic. Right especially when you find out that whole scenarios were truly fake like yeah so were you trying to get us to the cheesecake factory all along did they cut you a check yeah because if they did they need to double that check but also like they keep your third eye open right because you had to suffer because everybody started to go in on you (laughs) on the internet so moving right along gender norms might be changing like I mentioned, and we've explored a, uh, a few different things to see, you know, how society is bending and and uh, changing with the times. One thing that's come up recently um, is proposals and women proposing to men. Um, of course, there are a lot of women that are like, you know, girls stand up, right? They don't want to see other women proposing to men because they are very firm on their gender norms and who does the proposing in relationships. And then you have, you know, other people that are, are for it. Uh, you see people that are going to uh, a full family of women because some men are raising a family of women and getting their blessings and then proposing to that man, not taking into consideration whether or not, you know, that man was ready to be married to them. Um, sorry, that might be my bias speaking, but question for you all, can you accept that it may become more common that women, uh, will propose to men? Do you feel like that is a norm that you'll come to see and, you know, it it won't bother you? You don't feel no type of way about it. What, what are your thoughts? Can you accept that in our society? 
I don't feel no type of way when someone else is doing something that does not impact me in any way, shape or form or harm someone else. So I do not care. Like, girl, you want to propose? Go ahead. I've been trying to drag men along to relationships with me my whole life. So like that wouldn't be a major step. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't bother me none because it's for people. Like if it works for you, like go crazy. And I feel like people also forget like the concept of proposals and going to the dad for his hand in marriage mm-hmm. comes back to the fact that women were property. Yeah. <laughs> so Talk about it. The, the dad, you had to get permission to pass the liability onto this man. And that's where the dowry came from. But like, you know, we don't have to get that deep in it, but like all this is predicated on a super misogynistic principle that women were not autonomous beings, right? And so you needed a man attached to your name at all times or your clout is like, you you out in the woods with the witches mm-hmm. and the, you know, the vandals. You're a so, witch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it doesn't bother me. I feel like also mode, I, w- I would like to say, I have no scientific evidence, but I would say the majority of women that are proposing are proposing to men that would like that. I've had a couple of friends propose to their partners. They and, and in turn propose to the other. Like especially like queer couples, they do a lot of that. I've seen that with my friends, but I've seen it with my straight friends where they're proposing to each other. If that embodies your love for someone, I, Jasmine Clemens, don't care. I love it for you, actually. But I think people are speaking on it as like it's a crumbling of the society's foundation, which yes. is ridiculous. Yes. Thoughts, Jerry. <laughs> and when Jazz ate it up, like that's exactly that's I share the same sentiment. I don't think it's honestly a big deal. I don't think it's nothing to write home about. We've been seeing women propose for it's not just like a recent thing. It's probably become more prevalent. But we've been, you know, probably I would say maybe since the late nineties. I can remember. I I definitely had a. a, a one of my aunt's friends proposed to their boyfriend like back in the late 90s so i've seen it at all stages and i agree if it and if you look at those relationships those are usually sometimes women that's been with their mate for years and for whatever reason maybe buddy just has cold feet or he doesn't want to pull the trigger but obviously she knows what she wants and if this is what she she wants then boom she's gonna get on that knee and hey we all for like what equity not necessarily equality because that doesn't mean we all have the same resources but you know we want things to be the same and 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 drop and just kind of be a firm and straight across the board then we have to get out of these these norms but it's hard because people pick and choose mm-hmm. so you know for the women who say you know sis get up you got to do this it should be like this but then will also push the envelope like, hey, we need to make the same. We should be able to do these jobs and that's fine, but we have to decide. We can't just kind of pick and choose what uh, what norms or if we want to stay in gender roles for when it's convenient to us, we have to kind of just grow with the times. Mm-hmm. And I agree, like love who you love and if you love that person and they scared to ask, get out and ask her. Mm-hmm. Man, guys, I really want to 100% agree with you. Jackie's like, nah. It's only you wanted to stop? No. You wanted so, to stop, Jackie? So, okay. Short answer. Can I accept it? Yes. But my concern is there are mm-hmm. too many women that are not in relationships that are really trending on the right path. And if it becomes more of a norm for women, 
I just see too many women trying to mate or trying to couple themselves with men that are not committed to them. The men might like the attention or the fanfare of it. They might like being, you know, the main character, but that still doesn't mean that they were ever going to propose to you. And so what does that really say about the relationship? He was never going to give you what you wanted. You had to go and get it yourself. So I know, right? I know how that sounds. <laughs> I know how it comes But I mean, I mean he's, he's still, I, he still has to accept, right? So if you true. say this, this man was never going to do this, you, you asking, you getting on your knee and you asking this person to marry you, they still have to say, you know, yay or nay. Yes. So the man... He has all the right to be like, nah, I'm good. Or he could say yes. So it's not just because she asked and had to go get it. It's still someone, you know, has to agree. Someone has to put the question out there and the other party has to coast on like, all right, you know, I'm rocking. So I, I don't think that, I don't think that if it becomes, and I don't think it will become a norm because that's just not the way our society is. Like it'll be acceptable. Like we say, okay, we don't mind or we can see people doing it. I don't see where it's just going to totally turn on its head. And then now for the majority of proposals, you see women getting down. Yeah. I think it's still going to be, a, you know, a small percentage, but they know they have that option now. And some people are going to execute and run with it. And some people are still going to let the man play that role that they, they're used to men playing and ask them for themselves. Yeah. I mean, Jackie, women have been hemming these naysayers up since forever like how many of us come from shotgun weddings right mm -hmm. like literally that they drug the daddy was drugged to the altar because <laughs> there was a bun in us you know <laughs> right. like and i you know not to get woke again but like we can blame this on the larger society convincing women that they don't have worth or value unless they're married right yeah. not even just partnered if you are not married, this right. love isn't real, this family isn't real. So, and it's a shame. Like it's the same problems from shotgun wedding era to now. Yep. Where it's like, you know, for the instances you spoke of, I mean, I was, still would not think that's like the majority, but for those instances, like it plays into like how society's making a woman feel about herself. Now, do I think she needs to do that to validate herself? No, but like, it's a lot to unpack. Mm -hmm. but women been doing this since forever we just changed it up like right. ain't no shot in a wedding anymore because society's like cool you don't have to get married to have kids mm -hmm. but like all right i'm gonna ask you to marry me so right and so okay so my two last points on it i definitely understand and agree that there are some people where the nature of their relationship allows for it and it's like it's just a part of who they are like I saw a video recently. It was actually a white couple, but they went to Disney World or land and people were taking pictures. And as they started taking the pictures, the woman got down and she started to propose. And then the man actually also had a ring and he got down and he proposed at the same time. So, you know, I think at that point they both were ready. Right. And it's like it, it came from like this this great place and they probably would have accepted it regardless. But then seeing like you know, one of our good sisters <laughs> talking to every woman in a man's life and saying like, I want to be his wife. Are you cool with that? And then being like, yeah, girl, like, I don't know if I can speak for my brother or my cousin or, or a man in my life and a woman asking for his hand in marriage, or if I, you know, approve or would give the blessing. 
because and i guess it just depends on the man if i know that nigga ain't ready and there's no you have no reason to be wasting your time i'm not gonna gas you up to make you think that you should do that <laughs> and maybe that's where my mind is with it like i'm not gassing you up know. for bullshit. You, a good, you a good you're a good you're doing everyone a favor then right yeah. <laughs> like yes. hey this is not what's up when i was engaged my mom told that man no what he asked mm. Because mm-hmm. she was like, she could see through all the bullshit to see that he was a terrible person. We shouldn't be together. But like, I was devastated. But she told that man no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, she might be a rare bird, but I think being honest is still important too. So yeah, you know, agreed. Yeah, that's you. I mean, we don't want our we don't want our good sis out here looking bad. But right. And then the th- my thing is, I I feel like be unique. Like you don't have to get down on one niece. It's like you know, ice him out. Like you know, sit next to him and open up, you know, a box from Eliante and be like, hey, you know, I'm trying to make you, you know, bling bling out here. What's up? You gotta get him in a Rockaway chain? <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes, she gotta Welcome. get a chain with her initials. Yeah. Right? You know, Welcome to the rock a lot familiar. Yes, give him a chain <laughs> that like no other nigga has ever seen. Can you imagine like the most blinged out like the chain that Riley had on on the boondocks so he got the oh my goodness he blinded that baby <laughs> you know thing about me i want the day a man buys me an anklet with his name that's it that's all he need to do it's a wrap we get married but hey gentlemen my I man my man my man jazz, <laughs> i will be my man my man my man name on it his name on it not mine oh, oh his you name know, like you know, like okay, okay. Mike, your little territory. Also, also, let the world um, know you his property. Consensually, <laughs> so consensually. That's why I said the bird in me. Sure, <laughs> the bird in me does come out. I'm trying to fight the turkey every day, but that's one I, I say, cannot but, fight. I thought Jazz was woke. You know, you were just talking about a woman being property, and now you want the world let to know that you. you belong to him. Hmm. I'm, I'm chirp chirp. Be I did on. admit. It was a bird. It's a bird thing. But when you see it happen, just know my nose is wide open. Wide open. I am, there is no greater love on the. They just earth. get it on camera for me. I got to see your face when it happens. Right. Oh my god. That I'm letting a man possess <laughs> me. Like, just know, it's a wrap. But oh my gosh, but, I already have ideas for the photo shoot. So it's gonna be great. Okay. All right. So next next question. So this stems from the take us out the group chat moments that we experienced throughout the year, the past, you know, couple years since we last had this conversation. You know, we had Will and Jada sharing a lot of information about their Mm -hmm. relationship that we didn't ask to know. If we fast forward to more recently, we have, you know, Megan Thee Stallion telling us just a little bit about partisan Fontaine, um, but certainly heard a lot more, you know, about her than we needed to from him. Uh, we saw Cardi and Offset are calling it quits. Uh, we saw Hallie and her man is a DDG, honestly just living their lives, but everybody's got opinions. And then we saw, you know, a more serious situation with Kiki Palmer and her man. And then, of course, also a little bit more recently than some of the other scenarios, Simone Biles and her husband, Mr. Biles Child. At what point do we... 
At what point are we looking at, you know, something that is maybe along the lines of spousal embarrassment, you know, or just like unnecessary um, occurrences that aren't grounds for divorce, you know, versus abuse, you know, versus ego stroking. And, you know, at what point do we kind of say, we don't really need to be involved in this versus hey, we need to make some noise for this person because we need to show them love and support them and maybe even get them out of a bad situation, you know, if we can if we can make enough noise for them. Where do you feel like we, we can draw the line with some of those examples that I gave? I guess uh, my draw the line moment is just with Will and Jada. And it's not Will. It's not Will. It's Jada keeps talking about nothing about shit that we could give a fuck about nobody cares and she's on this big especially when it was for her book tour which i think you know but you make a fact is, check me jazz everyone cares like, everyone cares i thought the book that's flopped. why all this no the book did all right i mean first of mm. all new york times though they pre-buy the copies to make it on the bullet so <laughs> Everything's so, fake. So, so <laughs> they, they boosted even, her rating, basically. Like, if you see them on New York Times, a lot of times they buy their own books, the the, the uh, book company. But either way, it's neither here nor there. We, first of all, I didn't know half the stuff you mentioned, Jackie, but we would know none of this stuff if people did not engage with it, consume it, talk about it. Right. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, you're sharing too much, but then every time that person shares, you engage. True. But, you but it's not even, is, is it really that is it really us engaging or is it is it being like pretty much dumped in our laps you know what i'm saying like especially when everything with i use jada for instance everything she was saying about will everything she was saying about tupac every time she opened her mouth like somebody everybody was running i mean it was even on cnn on msnbc on cbs good morning america she all over the place it's just constantly being regurgitated and thrown in your face no matter where you look you don't even want to engage it you don't want to, you don't be no part of it, but then it comes to a point where you just like, I wish she would shut up. She could, she could really shut up, but you were being, I, it's just being spoon fed to us. And I even spoon fed. It's like someone's taking a bucket of that shit and just throwing it on us. Like the, the cold water, the ice water challenge or some shit like that. Every single time, some couples less than others, but I think with Will and Jada is pretty much a, no, we don't want that. We didn't order that. You could take this back. But with some of the other couples you name, stuff happened and it was like moments like the kiki palmer and when she went to the usher concert so her uh her child's father was upset and then recently he put his hands on her and and that whole issue so like stuff like that i get it that'll make news and those are things to be discussed but just oh you know i i could have married tupac all right who gives a fuck all right he's dead maybe allegedly we're not sure but guess who gives a fuck <laughs> everyone that is consuming this stuff like celebrity culture doesn't happen by accident like they no, wouldn't not keep, at all they don't wouldn't keep booking you know i first of all i don't give a damn what jada says i don't listen to it right but they wouldn't keep booking her on these shows she wouldn't be their name wouldn't be going viral if people weren't engaging with it which means people are even if they hate it they love it right and that goes for all this celebrity culture bullshit where you're like, well, why do I know this about X person? Because you are in part of the cycle and you can't just not perpetuate it for one person and it still perpetuates everywhere else. So you can be mad at Jada and Will, but like, unless we're all going to commit to ignoring these people <laughs> like we should, 
and getting hobbies, this is going to keep happening. Like there'll be another Will and Jada next year, right? Like you know they might be weaning out of that cycle. But, but that's what I mean. Is, is, but is it, like, is we it not us accepting it? It, it is because we are talking about it right now. Yeah, we're podcast. talking about it right now because it's a topic. <laughs> we're not talking about it right now because you know what? I really want to talk about what Jada had. To, no one cares. However, once again, if it, it's constantly thrown in our face, if she's on every time she says something, it becomes a, a, a it's a viral moment, or you know they're running clips of it. Every other channel you see regular news and, and regular ch- it's like come on, I think you're right. Uh, pop culture and celebrity culture and all of that it does feed a lot into who we are as a people. And of course, that's how you got the whole reality TV stars and and all of that. But some people and some things we really can give a shit about. And I think that they try to keep themselves on that totem pole by just saying outlandish stuff sometimes or doing outlandish things so they could be the talk of the town and still have a little buzz about them whenever they want to do something. That goes to that whole ego thing. I think sometimes with so many celebrities, it, it becomes an ego thing. Like, all right, well, I was hot here. I got to still let them know I still got it. So, boom, I'm going to say this wild shit. Not everyone got my name in their mouth again. I mean, it just goes, I mean, Flavor Flavor still exists, right? But are we actively in his lives like we were when Flavor of Love was on? No, no. because eventually they stopped booking, people stopped caring, and we moved on to the next thing. And, you know, I just feel like celebrity gossip and celebrity culture is like so American as American as slavery, right? <laughs> because it's a functional piece of our conversations. It's a functional piece of, you know, engagement, society. Like it is embedded throughout all of it. So talking about their problems and ooh, what's going on with Cardi and Offset because we all got some, we all got some friends that are doing that. Like we have an obsessive need to absorb this information through mass media and it's, I don't think one, I don't think it's going anywhere, but like you can't make one person, like we just have to stop talking about them. It seems like crazy, but on Twitter, I see an account that's talking crazy, I block it. You could just be saying the most mundane thing ever. I'm blocking you. Why am I going to give you views so you can give your 0.5 cents? Like <laughs> you just have to not engage because people are doing it on purpose or even if they're not self-aware, they're just being themselves. You just ignore it. But like, yeah it's like a problem like i think the spousal embarrassment is a separate thing because people's yeah. spouses do be out here embarrassing each other mm-hmm. and it's like dang however though i'm like are, am i projecting i don't know that marriage i don't know them people even if it's my neighbor across the street i don't know them people i can say i would be embarrassed they might be totally fine People were talking about Simone. Simone was key keying it up in the back of them videos, rolling her <laughs> eyes while she let her man talk stupid. She loves his big dumb ass and she knows he's lying. Like you can just tell she don't care. And that's not the also the funny part. They've been open since the beginning about this story. That they met on Raya, she made the first move, and he didn't know she was. All of a sudden it, it's holidays and Nick Nongs aren't working. Right. So and there's and and this this clip goes viral. But I'm like, everyone, if you knew anything about I mean, no one knew anything about their marriage, but if you knew anything about their marriage, they have been saying this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, did I just say I'd wear an anklet with this man, a man's name on it? We all got bird like tendencies for our men. Right. She looked happy. I don't think she dumb at all, but like we don't know them people also. Right. I will say, it's funny he got booked for a show and he needed his wife there for clout. 
but you know the man is the prize like there's never been a show where the wife of the athlete <laughs> was awful there to but validate you, that nigga well, you, you know, Mr. Biles, the, the more known athlete between both of them, right? But you have never seen that on the show. The wife is never there, and they were like, Jonathan Owen, you know, are you free? And you know, they newlyweds, so she's probably all up his asshole <laughs> yes. to stay in love. So yes. she was like, Oh, yeah, I'll come. But like, <laughs> listen, all this stuff, it's just we can't help it, and we end up knowing too much about people we don't know, yeah, because it's addicting. Yeah, I mean, and of course, per usual, like, I definitely agree with both of you all. Um, I do feel like the nature of media, you know, when they see something's catching on, they're going to keep force feeding it to us. So we do wind up finding out so much more about a Will and Jada or some of these other couples than we ever asked for. And sometimes it feels like, why do they continue to feed the beast once it starts to happen? So... I do feel like some people, you know, are looking to punch down on Jada. You know, it it just comes a little bit too naturally to them to have something like mean to say just because she does choose to express herself. But at the same time, I do wonder like some of the stuff (laughs) that she has said, it's like, girl, why? But I also can see where like if I look at, you know, what spousal abuse or like what's a situation where like, hey, we need to worry about this person's, you know, mental health, well-being. Not to say that at a certain point we didn't need to do that with Jada. But I think as time has gone on and we see where she and Will have said, hey, bad marriage for life. You know, they're committed to what they got going on. I think that's where maybe it's a little bit more like, ego stroking um and a little bit of an embarrassing situation you know they're getting older they don't mind it not even realize that we don't want to be want to be in their group chat i think for me it, it's the kiki palmers of the world where it's like hey sis is letting us know that she is in an abusive situation and we need to be able to see this for what it is we don't need to spin the narrative we need to be you know supportive and we need to just make sure that we lift her in the highest light and in a lot of cases that doesn't mean that there's anything you know tangible that we can do but it's super important that we don't you know feed into anybody that is making the situation out to be anything other than what it is and it's serious so you know a lot of folks are out there just embarrassing themselves going back and forth cardi and offset i feel like is two of them you know because she come on there crying and yelling and and carrying on one day and at christmas it's the same shit you know that y'all been doing the past six seven years so hey do what you're gonna do but i definitely can see where there are individuals you know that that need support and we need to make sure that as stories get shared you know and honestly this is when people come out you know and they're sharing resources and they're telling you like, hey, if the, if you're not Cardi B or Meg The Stallion or somebody famous and P- you see people laughing at their shit, but you know somebody that's going through the shit in real life that is closer to you, like these are resources. These are numbers you can call. This is something that you can do to protect yourself or to get yourself in a better situation. Like we need to make sure that type of stuff is amplified, you know, so that people are getting help and people are safe. And it doesn't have to be so much about like <laughs> Will and Jada going back and forth. <laughs> 
I agree. There has been some useful conversations out of some of this stuff, but then the other stuff, I just want to die. Right. Small wins, right? Small wins. Okay. That's a good point. Push push the resources. (laughs) Then it'll make it all worthwhile. Yeah, right. And if we're focused on pushing resources, there'll be less energy to, you know, retweet why Jada is the worst woman in the world, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So moving along, um, so this is going to be a, a real hot button. So Mr. Dave Chappelle, you know, I think since the last time we talked, there have been several different specials that have come out and each one, he has felt the need to include trans people in the conversation in a derogatory way. Um, not really showing that he, you know, reserves any, any space for their humanity and who they are and how they identify. He goes out of his way, you know, to tell a joke and make trans people the butt of the joke. So, you know, of his last special that just dropped, I think yesterday. Yes. Yes. He made handicapped people the butt of the joke. Right. Yes. Yes. Decided to <laughs> trans, bring... and, trans and disabled people. Yes. Right. <laughs> he tried to bring a new group in to make it seem like it wasn't all about, you know, the trans people. Like, he can offend other people if that makes y'all feel better. So, when you think yeah, about it... Yeah, he's like, I offend everybody. Right. No, you're still... You're a loser. <laughs> you are. <laughs> well, and then and Jazz answering the question early. But, you know, do you see it as inclusion and in the joke and, and recognizing corners of our society... Or do we see it as disrespect and, you know, punching down on people that did not ask for it because you want to, you know, find new ways to move your comedy forward? Big loser energy. (laughs) It's giving Mariah Carey an Eminem. Like, I need someone to remix Why You So Obsessed With Me as a trans person and send it to him because it's not a joke for you to be funny at this point and it's obsessive and it's willful ignorance at this point he hasn't he has had the opportunity to be educated more than any other black gen x like boomer male in this country that has problematic views he has had he has all the resources he doesn't care he thinks it's like this cool thing because he's a loser and I just like, I don't understand the, the jokes aren't even funny. So that's also what I just don't even get. But like, to your point, why are you punching down? Like, what do you get out of this? And it's, they're just like not good jokes. That's really what it is. It'd be different if it was like, oh, not, ooh, I don't want to laugh. Mm-hmm. They're just dumb jokes. To be like, oh, look at me. I'm making trans people mad again. Loser. So I think Dave pushed the envelope. He pushes the envelope like this in this one section, right? More so with trans people than 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 anyone else to have those conversations that we could need to have as a country sometimes, but then we try to use comedy to do it. And he's coming from a time where originally as comics, it was like nothing was off limits. Like that's why people went to comedy shows. If you think about like the red foxes and the Richard Pryors of the world, you know, 
um what's her name uh ma mabel's like when comedy was 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 raunchy it was dirty it was all the nasty crazy weird twisted things that people thought about that just never could formulate their lips to actually say that that was an error you know you kind of came to that for for solace where everyone could let their hair down it's just like comedy is supposed to, it's it's an art form and it's supposed to have its path of this is how we could talk about wild crazy shit without being have to stand on the carpet for addressing that wild and crazy shit and it's like when when are we gonna let some forms of art or whatever just just be what it's supposed to be without trying to bring it to current times like yes polit in a politically correct PC world now, certain things we can't say, like in the workplace, or certain things you shouldn't say to another person because it's just not that's that's not how you operate out here. But in the world of comedy, when you could take things like uh, stereotypes, we did a lot with black crowds. You see white comedians, and it's like what watermelon and fried chicken back in the day, grape sodas and Kool Aid, all this wild stuff, and and people laughed at it, white and black, but it was a way to bridge the gaps and, and talk about eventually in their sets to talk about things they wanted to, you know, wanted to discuss. And if you remember from the last special, Dave's big thing with, with trans people is he had that trans friend that was trying to be a comic. And he said, I'm gonna go hard on you because y'all actually want the world to accept you, but y'all not accepting of each other. Hence why he said his own friend, the most hate that they got was from the trans community and he, she, I think it was a she, ended up committing suicide. So I don't think his 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 fight is I'm just gonna punch down on trans people because I'm uneducated and I don't like it. I think he does it to prove a message. Like you're not above everyone else as a people. And when it comes to it, think about it. They'll cancel you in a heartbeat for misquoting someone's pronouns or addressing them in a way they're they claim that they don't want to be addressed as you know, ma'am or sir, and they want to be a sir and you call them ma'am or whatever versus someone walking up to you and calling you a nigga on air and it's just like as a, as a people it's more acceptable for us to cater and get their stuff correct and be in line and dress right dress with how they want to be perceived in the world but then that those same people and that same world could pretty much talk down to us like dogs and everything else and, and that's accepted those songs are going to be played you know you have one person say something that doesn't align with uh, Jews and it's like, oh, this is anti-Semitism. Not saying anything bad about Jews, but you're just pointing out a factor, pointing out something like, no, that's anti-Semitic and they're being canceled and it's over. So it's just this world, like that whole circle and cycle that you was talking about earlier, Jazz, that continues to be perpetuate when it comes to these, these groups of people. And it seems like certain groups of people still fighting for rights, like us, blacks and and then um the lgbtq ia plus community and not to say they elevated above us but it that's the way it really seems that they elevated above us they can be taken seriously more on on levels that you know it seems like we are still fighting the same fight from 1964. um respectfully no and I get like what everyone's trying to say about like everything's too PC and that like we used to be able to say stuff. That stuff was wrong then. Right. And I'm not saying say so, it as like out in the world. I'm saying just say it in, in comedy. That was the place mm -hmm. where it was a whole different vibe. 
I mean, I think it's just, and also like I really take offense to him like leveraging a, a quote unquote friend suicide to be like, here's my black friend kind of thing. Like I have a trans friend and they went through this, so I'm allowed to speak on this. You know, to leverage that and arm himself and protect himself from ev everyone else saying this is inappropriate. So I just feel that it's, it's just unnecessary at this point. You know, like if the point he was trying to make, he made it in 2017. He made it in 2020. The point has been made. And now at this point, you are leveraging your privilege so you think at this point he said what he needed to say so just just let it go just find find a new angle that's your thing like li literally because it's just giving up steps like why are you always bringing this topic up all of a sudden you know like the joke has been made if you were trying to make a specific joke or get some shock value or bring things back to the way they were can we get another joke genre <laughs> Because if that because if that was the case, if he wanted to bring back like let's make it a time where you can make jokes about everyone, he would start doing that. But now he's just picking up other marginalized people and throwing them in and be like, I'm gonna punch down on you and say this is because everyone's sensitive. You see what I'm saying? Like it's just it doesn't even make sense anymore. Like the point he's trying to make, and it's just like, and I get it. Like some people feel, you know, like it's walking on eggshells, dealing with unfamiliar topics and things that are outside our regular norm and afraid of being quote unquote canceled no one gets canceled by marginalized people anyway <laughs> the people mm -hmm. with the most power never get fully canceled they take a break and they come back you we, people with power in this society will always come back you you were never really canceled unless you were on the bottom it's, so it's like exactly they get a sabbatical or they <laughs> you know revamp their career they switch gears people on the bottom who are fighting to live they they get canceled you know like they are thrown the crumbs and so like the worry about getting canceled when i think the worry you should have is how do i not make that mistake again right mm -hmm. so if someone says you know this is and this is my gender call me this the thinking shouldn't be like oh my god i'm gonna get canceled because I did that, but like, how can I make this easier for me, for my brain to adjust, to be respectful? Like, it's the same way. Like, I want to be called Jasmine. I don't want to be called anything else. People work giving me nicknames. Guess what? My name is Jasmine. And then, you know, I've had to actually sit down with someone at a job before because they want to keep giving me all these nicknames and say, my name is Jasmine. You're going to call me Jasmine. <laughs> I shouldn't even have to do this. Right. But, you know, like, it was just overly familiar. And that is not to the same standard of like being misgender, like using your dead name, but like that's just an example. Like you, it's just something basic, and it, it's challenging at first. But I think we are all, all maturing because society is changing too. Like yeah. we just have to go with it. But yeah, the moral story is: I mean, like just just get over it, and like leverage a person's suicide is just sick. Honestly, like we don't even know them we don't even know if that's really what happened like you know and like you're he's just using it like look i have a trans friend and you all need to take care of each other okay black people need to get along with each other but we don't want white people saying that <laughs> right especially like, what like, black about black on black crime yeah, yeah, right. don't, don't bring up black on black crime and then it's my black friend died like wait that's wait, exactly wait. what he's doing what was his name Transform. i think his name was ricky <laughs> exactly <laughs> he is literally doing the what about my white my black friend but with his transfer and we would hate that yeah. so like you know we i mean we have the luxury of living through that every day but it's just stupid so 
it sucks because he used to be so funny. Yes. Yeah, and so, innovative. Right. So yeah, I'll <laughs> hop in right so bad. there. I'll hop in right there because that is a big part of any conflicted hearts, you know, in this space. I'll, I'll admit I'm one of those people because it used to be so good. We used to, you know, feel like we saw the intelligence and the jokes, the thoughtfulness and the jokes. And, you know, I think I've probably still seen 75% of what he's come out with just to see if he's going to, you know, pull a gotcha card out and be like, oh, you guys had it wrong all this time. Every time I think that he is going to do that, it always winds up being something that is just not that funny and it doesn't stand up to, you know, how offensive or not funny the previous jokes were. And then I also look to see who is supporting the jokes who feels like, oh, there's that Dave Chappelle again. He's brilliant. He's still a genius. And I see who those people are and how they are in their everyday lives. And I already know. I'm like, yep, he, it's like a dog whistle, you know, to the bigots. And if there were more people that I, that I believe are good-hearted and that don't have some, you know, their issues that were finding a way to be like, you know, this is a takeaway from the comedy or the jokes that that we should be able to, like, understand. I might think differently, but as long as I still keep seeing, like, mostly, like, fuck niggas, you know, being like, oh, yeah, like, Dave Chappelle's still the best. Like, um, is he the best? Was it really that funny? Or were you just happy that he's not afraid to offend people that you like to offend as well? And then... A big thing for me, so I watched the most recent special. I understand it was very heartfelt for him. You know, it was him back in D.C. performing on the same stage where he did Killing Me Softly, which was funny at the time. You know, I probably can't even watch it today because it probably is terrible in, in hindsight. You know, a lot of jokes and comedy has changed, like you mentioned, Jerry. Um, but at the very end, you know, as the credits were rolling, they were showing all of these different pictures of him and his circle. And the circle was all white cis men or black men. There were no women around except for his wife in the occasional photo. And I I really mean that. Like there there are not even women, you know, in his circle that he saw as people who have supported him over the course of all of these years that made the cut for these, you know, credit, you know, ending photos. So uh, I, I thought I saw a couple of couple of black women in there in okay. some of the shots. So it was like group photos or whatever. And then when you and then it's like eight niggas. It's just like there were so few, they were so few and far between. It's just like, you know, you his, are his you, token his token black woman. His token black girl, <laughs> the wife, another token you know, woman, eight niggas, like uh, a white man. Yeah, and they, these, <laughs> those are mostly like production people and uh, like other comics and, and artists. Cause it was a lot of, like, it was a lot of like celebrities and, and like rappers and things like that too. So but women do it was all a whole of those genre. things. Women rap, oh, women yeah, are yeah. in comedy, women do production. 
And so to me, it's very intentional. Like you surround yourself with a lot of other people that aren't going to challenge what you're doing. And at that point, it's like, all right, well, this is what it is. This is how he's going to be able to continue to go down this path. This is how he'll continue to be able to, you know, um, bring a show together that he can then market to people. Cause you know, you look in the front row, it was definitely all couples, right? Like yeah. there's women at the shows. So they're still supporting for sure to that degree. Um, but in terms of who got called out as like, Hey, these are people worthy of being showcased as helping me continue to be successful in my life. That part was telling to me. I could see why you would, I could see why that's problematic. Like if you look, looking back at it, you're right. All the, the women that were there were celebrities. I was in the picture for, I remember like Beyonce, Jay-Z, all of them. And then going back to other ones, I mean, I don't know exactly who they were, but I'm just thinking it's people who were closely knitted in production, but it wasn't a lot of other prevalent, notable women um, in those still shots. No, no. And I, I missed B and J, but I think I remember, I think I do remember where they saw him or where they were all together. But yeah, right, just in general, because some of those group shots were really big, right? I yeah. think that's really what it is. Like, I'm talking about, it's 40 niggas in this picture. <laughs> Why are there no women? And just want like two bitches. And two bitches. Man, I don't know. Maybe it was God. Niggas, night out, niggas so. wouldn't even buy tables at the club for those kind of numbers. It was, it was God's like, night out. So maybe that's why they're. Every the night. Every night. Every night. Yes. Every time that the cameraman was there, it was every God's time. night out. <laughs> no women allowed. I'm it's... asking the, 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 the white people. You ain't got no people of color. Right. Is it a He Man woman? And they're like, oh no. Color. Rick wasn't there that day. Rick wasn't there that day. My bad. Right. <laughs> You know, so stuff like that winds up being telling as well. So it's like, all right, you know, as someone who used to really be into it, like, look at the the brand, you know, look at the message he's sending. I don't have to give, you know, have to have no hard feelings about it. You know, I can casually consume on an account I'm already paying for. I'm not paying a ticket to sit in the front row to see you. But I think also what you said, Jazz, as well, like at the end of the day, the jokes aren't funny anymore. And I think that's the unfortunate part because any brilliant comedian should be able to make you laugh no matter who they're talking about. And it still finds a way to humanize people and bring out something funny about them without making it seem like I really don't acknowledge your humanity and everybody else around doesn't either. And they're all just pretending to make you feel better. Like, that's not really fair, dude. You know, so, yeah. Well, I mean, my last point is to this with y'all. Do you think more so he's not as funny anymore to y'all because of the stance that y'all have now? You know what I'm saying? Like how you feel about how he's talked about uh, trans people or just other marginalized people in the past. So now it's like that stigma in your mind. So technically deep down subconsciously, you won't even allow yourself to to think he's as funny as maybe he used to be or what you enjoyed before. Is that possible? I mean, I don't think men are funny, so I don't even know why <laughs> they're allowed damn to talk. <laughs> but no, it's just not funny. So I, last time I saw Dave Chappelle was in 20, like 13, 2012 when I was living in Upstate. And this was back when he just came back out. He was doing mm -hmm. a tour. And I won't get into it, but he had a long running joke throughout the entire show about 
this man saved the world, da 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 da. But he, but you know, I think he, he raped someone. But would you want him to like steal yeah. a well, he, he rapes, but he saves. He saves, but he rapes. Yes, yes. Yeah, he saves, but he rapes. The yes. Bill Cosby joke. Yes. And like, it was in poor taste. He could have picked any other crime. Like, why did it have to be rape? Like, that's kind of telling. Like, he picked. But the joke, if it wasn't Bill Cosby and it wasn't about, it would have been funny. It literally would have been funny. So like, he still got it in him, but it was just like, you're making a choice that makes it unfunny. You see what I'm saying? So like, if it was funny, I would give him his kudos. Not on like at work in front of people, but <laughs> <laughs> if it was funny, I would admit it. But like, he just no. So my thing is this: I, I think it it makes it that much harder to get into the comedy because you're kind of sitting there wondering, like, oh man, like, when's he gonna go left? You know? So you just kind of have this like anxiety about being able to enjoy it without second guessing whether or not it's going to get offensive. And I also in the same vein can see where, you know, he's telling comedy for his circle. Like, you know, after he finally got past the not really that funny jokes about trans people and disabled people. Now he's talking about Will and Jada and Chris Rock and, it's like that's your circle and quite frankly like we all have moved past the slap you know and no sorry we weren't all on tour with chris rock so i can't relate to him you know being somebody that you empathize with because that's your tour mate you know so the jokes that followed the most offensive jokes weren't that funny and then you knew that ultimately we were going to get back to more trans jokes before the hour's up. So it's like, damn, like, what am I really, you know, kind of sticking around for? If the most offensive jokes aren't landing well for me and the the filler jokes aren't that great to me either, like, what am I really taking away from this at the end? So I, I just feel like that's kind of where I am with it. But, you know, let's not, but that's my thing though. I'm not taking away nothing from him because who else out there was able to be so spot on with what the hell R. Kelly was doing back in the day, who the hell P. Diddy was back in the day, you know, <laughs> like, you know, he's definitely been um, very skillful in telling stories about other celebrities and the bullshit that they were pulling, you know, when, when somehow nobody else was able to, you know, make it clear to us. Right. But this, you know, this, these latest bits, I'm not really into them and I see who's supporting him. And unfortunately, in some cases, some of them other dudes are just as problematic and got their own shit going on. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of people that are really talented, have been around for a long time, but you know, what do they say? Like, you know, you're great until you have a downfall and people are no longer rocking with you. Hell, I mean, look at Oprah, you know, <laughs> like, She's not going to be able to get by scot-free when all is said and done. She's been around so long. And so people are going to demonize you, you know, but, and that's the problem too. It's like, you just making it easy. So I don't know. That was probably like a, a weak conclusion, but <laughs> that's where I am with them. No, I mean, it made perfect sense, especially like the, the anticipation part. I didn't think about that. Like you're watching it, waiting for it to get worse because you know it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't even enjoy the jokes that aren't bad because you like, like you, it's very you just know. interesting how to explain wreck. it. Right. You're like, you're yes. waiting for it to build 
and that's painful. <laughs> right. Right, because then when that part, when the joke, you know, lands and it's like, oh, this was another joke about trans people, you're like, fuck. Like, how do we get here again? <laughs> like, damn. Right. Again? again, right? So, yeah. Well, you know, Dave, I don't know. We, like, I think we all know there's there's only a few ways for you to really move past this. And I think you said it, Jazz. It's like, at, at what point do you actually acknowledge that what you have been doing is harmful and doesn't make people feel great and you want to decide to do something to change that? Whether that's truly getting on a hot mic and saying, you know, some apologies or, you know, speaking a different kind of truth to power or maybe it's helping out other people or organizations, you know, maybe giving your friend you know, that you've been using as your token, you know, a name um, that's a little bit more recognizable. I don't know, but you can't keep doing these like very mediocre jokes. It's not going to work forever. So the men's only list has been floating around on the internet. It includes a list of nine different factors that men can consider um, when looking for a relationship with a woman. So men have been asked to rank from most important to least important what they are considering when choosing a woman. So number one, her career. Number two, how much money she makes. Number three, education level. Number four, her looks slash shape. Number five, her homemaking skills. Number six, how she makes you feel appreciated slash respected. Number seven, positive personality slash mindset. Number eight, feminine, pleasant, classy attitude and demeanor. And number nine, willingness to please you sexually. So saw a lot of guys on the internet ranking these and the top um, choice or the most important thing to consider was almost unanimously number seven, positive personality slash mindset. And in last place, um, it was about a tie between numbers one and number two, number one being her career and number two, how much money she makes. So what are your thoughts? on? I'm going to die alone. <laughs> I'm about to die alone. Yeah. I mean, number seven wasn't <laughs> the number one for me. I think the number one for me was number six, how she makes you feel appreciated and respected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as men, I think that's a, that's a big that's a big thing for us like sometimes we what we experience when we walk out the doors we don't necessarily always convey or talk about it kind of just kind of just kind of sits and, and dwindles sometimes but when you coming home to someone or you have someone that is appreciative of of what you're doing or what you are um I don't want to say contributing because sometimes it makes it sound so transactional but but basically yeah, what you're contributing to 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 their life and and what she's bringing to your life and the place and the value and where you are then then yeah that's that's big mm-hmm. yeah it make, makes and... you feel good and number seven number seven was actually number two for me the positive personality and mindset okay like, yeah, nobody wants to be with someone that's extremely negative or um who can't I want to say just lacks vision because I think mindset sometimes has to go with vision. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if, you, if you're with someone that's extremely negative and they're always maybe 
uh, condescending to others, that they're just not a good person to other people. You see how they treat people. You see how they talk to other people. You see how they may interact with their family. Like that could be a that could be a real turnoff because you're like, well, she may be doing it to them, and it's not me right now. But eventually, I guess it could be me, and I don't want to deal with that bullshit. Like I don't want to hear that. So so yeah, and I think at the bottom too, yeah, her career and how much money she makes that that shit don't matter to us because at the end of the day. Is your money not ours we know we're not spending that shit you're not cutting us no debit check i mean no debit card <laughs> for us to uh you know pay our bills with or when we meet someone we're not saying oh if you're really interested in me and to show me how much i mean to you why don't you take this uh cable bill or my or my wi-fi bill we don't get to do that as men so yeah we don't care how much you make you know we don't we don't care because it's, it's not ours i mean it just it helps it comes together as a family if we decide to do this thing called life together but it's not a concern of ours in the meantime you know what's interesting of course i saw a lot of men that are in let's just call it similar socioeconomic situations answering in a very similar way right jerry like you are gainfully employed you have a family that you know you and your wife can support so there are certain things that are important to you versus certain things that are not so important, you know, but we know there are guys out there that are like hobosexuals who might answer differently. You know, a woman's money might look a little different for her, but I think that most men that are secure in their professions or their careers and the money that they are making, they, they don't need a woman, you know, to save their day in the same way. So it makes sense to me that the rankings kind of landed as they did. And I also agree, like nobody really wants to deal with the Grinch in life. So, you know, I think it's fair that you want somebody with a positive mindset or that makes you feel good. But I think the, my only thing is this, like I just want for men to always grant a little grace to the girlies that are out here, you know, getting their money while there are not a lot of prospects around. And that yeah, is- Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's not a, <laughs> hey, we love y'all. We we love to see women that is on their shit, you know. Do y'all, cause y'all don't, don't be dating us. <laughs> oh, y'all do not be, y'all don't be dating us. Look, you can't say y'all, cause now we're, we're generalizing. We'll say maybe the men that have tended to cross your path for whatever reason, you know, hey, maybe, not just mine. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that guy who who does like it for unknown reasons was maybe a little scared or intimidated or whatever. But we can't help each ind- individual person. But I think we do like to see when when y'all are successful because it lets us know that one. You know, nowadays a lot of people aren't getting with people for uh, actual love. They're getting with people for stability, for financial reasons and everything else. Mm-hmm. So if you see someone that's stable on their own, that had, that's good uh, financial and fiscal responsibility, hell yeah, you happy because you're like, wait, we can actually come together and put, put this thing together and build together. You're not here just for what I can provide and vice versa. Like we're actually here because we want to be and we want to be with each other. That's a big thing. And that's the hard part now about, about dating because a lot of women are and at the same time some are not uh in positions to where they're they're making money like that and they are trying to get with people for 
for those come-ups. And even men, too, like those homosexuals, man, it's just, just jumping from apartment to apartment for whoever they dating for the week. I mean, there's there's variations on both sides, but but for the most part, I mean, money does... We're, say, we're not saying we don't want you to make it. We're just saying that's the last thing that we care about on our list. Well, I know my list. It just... It, you know, if you make money cool, like that's great. But I'm not looking at that as a one of the things, one of the reasons that mean the most when I'm picking you because that's your money. Hey, my. So, I mean, I'm speaking from the last remnants of people holding up the bar. because We still single out here at 40, right? Everybody done left the club. We still there waiting, <laughs> waiting. Let's get money, bitches, because we're single. We have no choice. We don't have no dual income. Uh, it's it's rough out here, and I'm not just me, but other of my friends still left alone at the bar with me. Have found that because you know our career is blossoming or has blossomed, and we're making money, they don't see that as attractive because then they have to figure out honestly like how to be an emotionally beneficial partner and or whatever you know they have to look at the other rankings i don't know what even a woman's one to nine would be right but if she don't need you for your money it's a bigger challenge i think dating and yeah i, I, don't, get, I don't get mad at these girls wanting to date men for their money because y'all make more money than women so you know nope. I mean, I can see what you're saying because yeah, a, but... a lot of a lot of men will, can and sometimes will lead with their wallet. And if you lead with your wallet, then what do you expect? You're going to have people that are looking for for uh, for that handout. But exactly. And I'm not impressed by that. So then you're like, okay, well, I don't know what else I got. So peace. And yeah. then the broke niggas, they be like, oh, this is cool. Until they realize, oh, I've literally had men tell me, oh, you work too much. Mm. Okay. Well, who's gonna pay my rent? Because it's not going to be you. All right. My cat, he don't have no opposable thumb, so I can't have him <laughs> fucking nowhere. I got to work hard because there is no one else to help me. Yeah, but, but then sometimes with, with women in careers, that's what we see is the difference between working hard and overworking, right? So we all have that too, 40, 40, hours, 40 hours a week, but then sometimes people take the work home. You know, like like you, I think you're still working. At this late hour, I work hour. in politics, but I work in politics. Yeah, so that, I have a very true. unique situation where I serve at the pleasure, and the pleasure comes with pain. Yes. <laughs> so, but honestly, would you see all of that? that? That comes with a guy trying to imagine a guy trying to be in your space right now, like, oh, hey, Jazz, you know, come meet me here. I was thinking about you. We can grab a quick bite, and you're like, ooh, man, sounds nice. Come like, through my house. Uh, I'm oh. about to cook. I'm gonna be typing. Let's watch this game. Okay. Like. See, as long as you're that. willing to make time, but a lot of a lot of people aren't willing to. It's just like you said, I'm working and that's it. But if you have someone that's willing to compromise, oh yeah, I'm working, but uh, I'll I'll bring the laptop as long as you have Wi-Fi. You know, I can still do what I need to do. Then then cool. But I think yeah. it, it it's not just the fact that men come to a stance where with successful women, it, it's like I can't leave my money. So where else do I have? It's like even if even if I don't have to leave with my money, you're with someone now that has been doing it for so long by themselves and they are highly successful that it's hard to step in and assume those roles like okay 
if we're going to come together now and be a family or be a couple, then as the man, then, then I should leave. But then you're not going to be able to really get that grace because she's like, wait, <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm not going to be able to, you know, I've been doing this, you know, so long, the last 20 years on my own. And it's, it's been working out great. Like, look, look at my accolades. Look at what I achieved. So how can you leave me better than I can? Because, you know, why do I need to be led? I'm a bird now. I could be a possession, oh, but God. I ain't got to be led. That's also like a problem there. Why can't we mutually solve problems together? We can mutually so, solve where, problems Figure together. out where our strengths and weaknesses are and be out here like the Avengers. That's and something, we, that's something of, we, we can definitely do. But if you and here's what we said, here's what we said with, with, with the whole gender wars and and where we are as a society it becomes hard because you want to streamline everything and make it make it where everyone could do everything and be every position but then we still have these societal norms or these gender norms of how things should be especially whether if you're talking from a biblical standpoint to now society or whatever else it's like okay as a man not necessarily leading like i'm gonna put a leash around you and walk you type of deal but being maybe the head in a relationship and taking no. us or steering us where we need to go. No. Does it give me an extra tax credit? Like Oh it can. What yeah. is you I get mean, taxed, you get taxed at a less rate. I'm I'm just saying like <laughs> if I individually don't subscribe mm -hmm. to any of those perceptions, right, then there's no need to do that. But I also That's think true. a part about making society equal is understanding that I mean the men leading ain't been doing us that great kind of how we got here with capitalism so maybe we need to rethink that a little bit i'm just gonna throw that out suggestion but honestly i ain't got no man because number seven i have a terrible personality so <laughs> the, we're not making it past that if, it, if that's really the number one <laughs> oh, as Lord. nice and as pleasant as i am to people i am not that way to myself and that is hard to date so that's part of why i don't date anymore because i am not going to like ever be undepressed and never not be like a sad cloud sometimes and people don't like being around that so but yeah so we ain't even making it to the career at this point we ain't making it to the bottom of the list because like, we gotta get past positive. that cloud yeah and they're like actually let me go chase this sunny cloud over here <laughs> she ain't got no money but sunshine all the time <laughs> even though she's probably got like high functioning depression she's gonna break down too but heck Hey, but look, sad clouds bring rain, right? He's trying to get people to sing in the rain again. Maybe we need a couple sad clouds. Get us back on track. Yeah. We just need can to you find be my you. Marketing? Right. We need to find yeah, you. Yeah, I can, super, I can market it, right? Super optimistic guy. You know, who knows? No. Who, who knows how to, you know, show you something new? Who has a poncho and an umbrella? I just literally hate that in this unscientific survey, that was the top one. Like, I am <laughs> so screwed. Like, damn. Well, and yeah, like, <laughs> my thing with, you know, giving the girls a little grace, because, you know, I feel like I have like a decent disposition, but once you do get used to taking care of yourself for so long, you know, like Jess said, it is hard to even think about like, okay, how do I change this part of my life to let something else in or let something else kind of become the priority? You know, how do I, how do I set, how do I set myself up to let a man lead me, you know, walk me on a leash? Like, it's very difficult to No, I said no leash. Mindset. No leash. I know, I'm kidding, I'm <laughs> kidding. But. Nope, it's definitely a leash involved. Oh, Lord. <laughs> 
You're going to have them outside picketing. But I think ultimately, you know what, like it might sound a little cliche or whatever, but I think that's where it boils down to like, who do you really want to be with? You know, I think maybe that's where the bird like tendency might pop up in me. Like if you're really choosing somebody, you going to start, you know, doing whatever it takes. <laughs> you're going to start changing your behavior, start considering other things maybe. But I think that's where I draw the line because I'm not like just, you know, casually quitting jobs for any of these niggas. But if you really like somebody, if you really, you know, want to see what a future looks like with them, those are things you have to, you potentially start to think about. And it is You're difficult. you trying to get that anklet with their name on it. Right? Like, do I want the anklet with my name on it? Or do I want to just, you know keep getting accolades at this job and keep getting bonuses you know that allow me to do fun things like and it's such why that, not both like right? the APT commercial Porque, <laughs> I'm the little kid why okay. not both Porque no los dos right so that's what I want in life right like I want to figure out like how can we do both and that's why I need for these companies to let you work remotely so that I can live wherever I want to and then maybe hey man, I... let's bring it all together. Right. That is the pitch. That was the ultimate. This whole it wasn't about the gender wars, people. You just realize what it was. It's about not having to go back in the office every damn day. Right. If you oh my god. We trying to move to where the niggas is to at. To move to where the niggas is at. Okay. Y'all go ahead. And then I can work remote while he, you know, he's at the house. And right. so, you know, we can work by each other. Look at us. Well. I'm just trying not to sit in traffic no more, but you know. We all got our own cross the bear. Right. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it'll work a lot better. And then we can be happier with our dispositions and all, too. You know, everybody can be happier. So, so that was that. <laughs> so that uh, wraps up the list. I've definitely thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with you. But really quickly, before we go, you know, we have to do Jukebox with Jack. I need three songs, albums, or artists that you've been listening to. So put me on for 2024. Uh, what's What's been in your your AirPods? I mean, I'm regressing at this big old age of 40. Not quite, but it there. I was listening to Mini Ripperton this morning. And then The Miracles. <laughs> the Miracles. And then I was playing some Alice Coltrane. So the new stuff, I am not in tune to. I think I'm just getting into my ornery black woman face. I'm ready. Like, I think I've been building for this my whole life. And I'm like, what I need to do, listen to old school music. And that'll like help me turn into my auntie. So I don't know nothing new. Hey, nothing so wrong. So ironic. I mean, I know, I know, sexy yeah, red. But... I know, sexy red. Though. Oh Lord, please no. <laughs> Hands on your knees. Hands okay, because that's a box. And and I wrote it, but you wrote um... it. <laughs> yes. Low key. But um, no, I'm kind of with jazz on this one. Ironically, I, I've been listening to um, a lot of a lot of jazz. Uh, no artist, just kind of on um, XM radio, just like real jazz, and brought out the the old 112 album from like our our senior year in high school mm-hmm. i don't know why i've been listening to that a lot and uh boys the men like their hits and of, of course still you know 
Michael Jackson and the Ozzy Brothers have been circulating around recently. So yeah, I've I've been on my old school and an old old school um, kind of fix too. I don't really listen to to the new music unless you know maybe in the car and, and throw on one of the um, XM radios. But for the most part, yeah, I'm off that and make my head hurt. We are so old, bro. We we are. What yes. what happened to us? You talking about XM radio and stuff? My mom uses that. I don't even use XM, <laughs> but I mean. I don't even think I got that in my car. <laughs> like, we are so old. You be telling them kids, you don't know nothing about this. And then you play that. I sure do. No, but they know. <laughs> See, I, I play enough old school music. My kids know. Like, they, they know, like, the Ozzy Brothers. They know Temptation stuff. They even know Sam Cooke. I mean, shit, that was from, like, 1950s. But, I mean, they know good music. And I told them, I said, now it's R&B to me isn't really, like, a genre no more because you don't really have people singing and putting their heart on wax and like they used to it's just now everything is Such too, too upfront. i know right. oh, man. when what did happened? this happen you sound like my stepdad 20 years ago <laughs> they don't sing like they used to right this ain't real music yeah i mean they do not be begging begging outside in the rain no more i mean think about it. Unless, like that, is actually, that has started <laughs> the, the gender wars honestly when men stop begging that's how rain? we ended up in in the city girl culture yeah, who's the last person begging. singing in the rain? Was that was that Ray J with Ray One J. Wish? Omarion, Ray J, <laughs> yeah. one and them. What ha- like ever? This, you know what? It's Ray J's fault. Remember how yeah. Ben Staples says Ray J is tied to every major event. I can he see just it. Solve the problem. Ray J. I can see it. Is the reason why we need we to have a sit down with Ray J in the rain no more. We need to have a sit down with we, Ray J. So yes, my three getting back into R&B myself. First of all, I have to say Lucky Day, he always gives me the R&B vibes that I need for modern day. Like he's one of few that I feel like is holding on. Also BJ the Chicago kid. You know, I always have to give them their props for being great at R&B in modern day. Um mm-hmm. but I did also save the Kajon track on the ocean. Uh, recently because that always has been a vibe since it came out um also i think since i've last recorded you know beyonce's renaissance the film came out and she also had a new song the end of the movie my house i like that track and i've been listening to t-pain's cover album called on top of the covers live from the sun rose it's really good it's very you know mixed company friendly i'll put it like that you know if you need something that huh. everybody you can, can play at a work party you can play it at a work party baby yeah <laughs> okay I, I need i need some of that yes yeah, I'll check that office, out. yes and i'll be playing ratchet stuff right like you know you might want to double check maybe some of his little interlude conversations but the music itself the song choices you know it's it's pretty good it's, it's all new music um no it's covers no it's covers of a lot of like i would say popular uh karaoke songs okay um and then there are a couple of like little original you know um interludes in there so yeah yeah, he must have snuck that in there whenever he had that Tallahassee issue. Um, yes, he. he I, I don't know how it went, but apparently, I guess he did a show, a live show, had three nights, sold out wherever the Sun Rose is. I'm 
I'm assuming Vegas, but that could be wrong. And it's a, I mean, nobody needs to go to Vegas. It's it's done. They are tapped. <laughs> and and Jodeci going to Vegas. Sorry, Jodeci's going to Vegas. <laughs> yep. And I think it happened much earlier in 2023, but then he did like a live release um, of the, sh- the recorded show on YouTube um, a couple weeks ago, and then he put the album out. So, hmm. so yeah, it's good stuff. So, okay. Same mix company. Yes. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed you guys. I really appreciate you coming back to talk gender more. Um, always a riveting conversation. So I really appreciate you guys kicking off the first episode for 2024. Happy New Year. Hey, happy new year. If you are a single man, preferably black, and you're listening oh, to this and you like get money bitch with real hair, um you can find Jackie can point you in my direction. Yeah, you, you. you must like cats. You must like cats. First of all, I have one. Don't make it seem like I'm over here like some cat lady with a whole like feral colony. If they don't like cats, then they wouldn't like one cat. Well, there's two cats in this house, but um, listen, y'all can just Jackie DMs open. You know, I know how to cook. I know how to make gumbo. I throw down in the kitchen, and so you know, you've got to worry about some rain. But holler at Jackie. She yeah, might. Thanks for having me. This yeah. Is fun. yeah, she might just <laughs> propose to you. So, you know, get ready. I'm get her the anklet. I'm not her, doing that. Get I'm her the anklet with your I... name on it. That's all you have to do. And she will bird That's... flock for you. That is not all. You have to make me want to wear the ch- the anklet, okay? Put it on with your teeth. I'm not letting these rag- just <laughs> random raggedy hobosexuals buy me an ankle with a pawn shop money. No. You gotta be worthy of the ankle, okay? All right. Well, we'll right, see. So. Right. We'll see what the candidates is talking about. Okay. Cricket. Oh, and Laura, we got yeah. Next show, we gonna do like a a damn blind date love connection joint for jazz, and, and we'll, oh, we'll pick for not. you. Absolutely for the love of jazz. Not. For the love of jazz. There we go. That would be the saddest reality. Jazz in the park. Love show on earth. <laughs> They're like, how problematic are you, Tess, to even make it through? And everyone's going to fail. Oh, so, <laughs> well, how do you good feel time, about though. Dave Chappelle? <laughs> right. No, they won't even make it through. <laughs> how does this look at this it's men's fun. only list? What's your ranking? <laughs> <laughs> number seven is number one. Episode first. This isn't going to work. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Like, you sure it's one? Like, could it be a three? <laughs> Three, I think I can work out whatever number one and two is. Number, but if it's number one, I'm screwed. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, wishing you much prosperity throughout the year. I look forward to seeing you guys at some point in 2024. Yes. So we'll definitely, you know, have to make that happen. And until then, you take care. Yeah, let the coochie breathe. Peace. Let that coochie breathe. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And that wraps up another episode. Jasmine and Jerry, thank you guys so much for coming back. I had a really great time. Of course, we wish we could have caught all of the 
2024 drama that happened as soon as we hung up our mics. But I'm glad that we were able to have our conversation and, you know, be at the forefront of the gender renaissance that maybe we'll see in 2024. And Jazz, I'll let you know if any of the fellas uh, are in the DMs, we'll get those candidates ready for you. All right, guys, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And as always, remember, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, not here to be an expert, just here to have fun. Bye, guys.